And would you stand to your feet? I know you just sat down, but we honor the reading of God's word in this house. We'll stand for brides and we'll stand for people of respect. And, you know, we just, we believe for God to show up in this time. So we're going to, we're going to stand to honor him and his word this morning. Matthew chapter one, our series is called God with us. The Christmas story. This week we're going to look at the Matthew text in the Christmas story. Next week we're going to look at uh, the Luke text. And you can read that ahead of time if you'd like to. But Matthew 1.18, this is what it says. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. As his mother Mary, uh, after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. His name literally means Savior. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Everybody say Emmanuel. Emmanuel. You know what Emmanuel means? Yeah, it's right there in the next phrase, actually, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel commanded. He took to him his wife, did not know her, until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Wow. Well, let's pray. We'll dive a little further in, but let's ask the Lord's hand on this time as we open his word. Mighty God, we just thank you for your word. And I just thank you for your presence in this place, Lord. I get, I get so excited even watching that video and seeing all that you've done, Lord, over these last months. I rejoice even in the people that you've brought alongside, those who work hard, even students who are with us for a short time. We thank you that they are here and have been here, Lord. We thank you for, for new friends and family that we're seeing drawn into this place and God I just believe you will build your church in a church at the gates of hell itself will not be able to prevail against and so Lord we thank you what you're doing even today and Lord I ask you to speak to us as we open your word would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that perceives what your spirit is speaking in this moment to each and every one of us bless the word as we receive it today in Jesus name amen and amen you may be seated I, this is a, a fascinating story. I'm going to make a plug before I forget to. On Tuesday night, our Tuesday night service, uh, this last week we had kind of a Christmas celebration. It was a lot of fun and uh, good food, praise God. But we, uh, we also took time to, uh, um, uh, we take time on most of our Tuesday nights to really minister in the miraculous. We take time to minister healing. We have prophetic activation. We do that every, every Tuesday night. Well, this Tuesday, I'm going to continue our Christmas series, but it's going to have a special focus to it. What we're going to do is I'm going to look at all of the dreams in the angelic encounters over the course of the Christmas story. So we're going to do a teaching on dreams and angels on Tuesday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
But, uh, you know, one thing that's so awesome, and I just want to kind of pick apart a couple things in this story. If you stay open to Matthew, you just follow right along. Uh, really, really incredible commentary on Emmanuel. Everybody say Emmanuel. It's one of my favorite names in the Bible. That's where we named our series, God With Us, the Christmas story. This actually comes from, and they, they quoted the verse uh, here in Matthew, out of Isaiah chapter 7. It says, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, what's interesting about this is, is the prophet actually continues with this same line of thinking. In Isaiah chapter 8, uh, the prophet uses the word uh, Emmanuel two more times. And just to give some historical context, Assyria is about to invade Israel, is about to lead uh, the nation captive. I mean, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be disastrous. But the Lord is showing Isaiah some things like, listen, it's going to get bad for a season, but it's going to work out okay. Okay. And what's interesting is in the midst of all of this turmoil and all of this tribulation, this, this harsh uh, time that they're about to go through, he said that he will restore it because it is Emmanuel's land. And then they go on and say, listen, even though things are going to get really rough, even though things are going to be very hard, it's going to be okay because God is with us. And you guys, did you know God is with us? I, I, I just, I, I take comfort in the fact, I, I really, I don't think that, has anybody had a year that you expected this to be? I mean, is this really, I mean, we, I, I don't know about you, every January we take, take time to fast and pray and really feel the heart of God and what he's going to do. And I listen to the prophets and what they're declaring and, uh, you know, with all of that, I was not prepared for what this year has brought to us. I'll just say that. And I think we're all in the same place. But you know what? As I look, even as I watch that video we saw a few minutes ago, it's like, God, even in maybe the craziest season of my life, <laughs> you have been with us. You have been so good. Look, guys, look around. I mean, I, I just, I had the thought as we were sitting here for our Christmas party this last Tuesday. I'm looking around and I'm like, six months ago, none of these people were here. This room was not this. I mean, it's just mind-boggling. Guys, this property wasn't even ours, but we brought the property. We, brought, we bought the, the, the building Look what God has done. Even in the craziest time, God is with us. And I just want to encourage you. You've been going through this year the same as I have. But many of you in this place, I'm just telling you, you may feel like my life is broken, my life is ruined, my life is, is, is just, it's, it's a wreck. That's exactly what Israel was going to go into. And yet God said, I'll be with you. I will still be with you. You just got to let him. You just got to let him be. And so what, what's interesting is, I want you to think about a, a couple things here with this. These guys had a very interesting perspective. They expected that tribulation was going to come, yet God was going to be with them. And that's good. But they also have this expectancy that one day there was going to be a man born of a virgin 
who would be God with us, literally in the flesh. And so you see, they kind of have these two perspectives. It's like, guys, today, right now, God is with us. But there's also going to be a time where Jesus physically comes. They didn't know he was Jesus. They knew he was Emmanuel. God will be with us, the Godhead bodily, right here on the earth. And if you think about it, we're actually in the same kind of position today, aren't we? We have the sense that God is with us. I mean, all throughout the service, I tell you, man, when we were singing the blessing, I about felt like my face was going to melt off. I just like, oh my goodness, the, the presence of God. God is with us. How many of you sense God is with us even today? But there is also this awareness that guys, one day, for real, Jesus is going to come back and he is going to dwell on the earth and we will be with him. We will have eternity with Jesus Christ. I mean, for, for real. Not just like, oh yeah, I sense him in my heart or I've got a goosebump there. No, like for real, as real as that person sitting next to you, Jesus is coming back. We're, we're going to be able to, to, to love him. We're going to be able to look at him in the eyes. We're going to be able to... Uh, Maybe give him a hug. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm going to be too scared to give him a hug. But maybe we will. I'm sure we will. But what's wild here, look at, look at Matthew chapter 2. I just want to pull apart a couple different parts of this. Uh, a couple parts of this, this story here, our Christmas story. Chapter 2 in verse 1, it says, After, after Jesus was born... In Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now, I want to pause here. Uh, I want to talk about this star for a moment. we got a star on our, on our graphic here. In fact, I'll show you what I brought here from home. I brought... Our, our Christmas tree star. Now, uh, I thought about trying to find, in fact, we tried to find one that was like battery powered that would light up or something, but this actually has more sentimental value. This was the first star that we had when we got married. Thank you for walking me through that. So, um, this was the first one that we owned as a family, um, my wife and I. And, uh, and so this is very special. So she warned me, I have to be very careful with this as I use it as an illustration. And so, um, but I want to give you a couple ideas about the star. How many of you have a, a Christmas tree star or you mean like a star of David or something like that? Uh, I think a lot of us do. It's a common decoration. Well, I want to give you some. You, you might not remember what I shared about, you know, the prophecy in Isaiah and, uh, you know, what Emmanuel, the historical guy, but I hope you'll remember the star, okay? That's why I use illustrations because I don't remember anything, but he says something about stars. And so, but look at this. So we see, where is the king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and we've come to worship him. Now, I want to give you two ideas, two perspectives on the star because some people think that, well, this is a natural phenomenon. This is like they literally saw a star in the sky, but then there's others who take the perspective and it's kind of interesting. I'll show you the verse where the star was actually moving and it was leading the wise men and actually set upon a very specific location. So was this a natural star or was this a, was this a supernatural star? And I'm going to tell you something about both perspectives. 
And some of you might wonder, well, pastor, don't you have to, what do you believe it is? Well, I, I, I don't know. And there's certain things that I'm okay with not knowing, I'll just tell you. Uh, this is, this is, you want to, so even yesterday I was having a conversation. Somebody's asking me questions about creation and uh, what I believe about this and this. And uh, you want to know how I determine what I'm going to believe? This is probably a good thing for you to know what your, what your pastor thinks. So how do you actually form doctrine? First of all, number one, what does the Bible say? I mean, that's, if the Bible doesn't say something, even if the Bible says something that is contrary to my personal preference or belief, then guess what? We got to go with the Bible. We got to go with the Bible because uh, there's going to be this, this constant uh, uh, whittling away and chiseling and uh, God's constantly working things out of our life. And so we're always going to have ideas that, uh, I don't know, Jesus, you said this and my life doesn't look like this or this is what you're teaching and that's uncomfortable for me. I don't want to love that kind of person. I don't want to be patient with this situation. You guys understanding what I'm saying? And so we're going to go, first of all, with what the Bible says. But when it comes to doctrine, the other thing, and I think this will help you a lot, is does it help fulfill the great commandment? You know what the great commandment is, right? First of all, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You know, even as I began to study, is this okay? I'm going on a tangent. Are you guys trekking with me? I hope that I, I, this may help some of you, okay? Because even as I, when I was in Bible school, everybody wanted to argue about Calvinism versus Arminianism. They wanted to argue, is it once saved, always saved? Or can you lose your salvation in an instant? And, uh, and I loved those debates, honestly. It didn't, it didn't ruin my faith. But there were certain things, you know, as I began to study Calvinism, there were certain things. It's like, God, you're big and you're powerful and you're awesome. And it actually strengthened the way that I viewed God. But there were other perspectives within Calvinism that said, you know what, man, if somebody's not elect and they're not, then God's not choosing them. And there were other things that actually diminished my view of people. And so what I've chosen to do is I, I look and if this thing benefits my relationship with God and it helps me love people and it agrees with scripture, then I'm going to embrace it. And I'm going to believe it whether, whether it's comfortable for me or not. Because you notice that whole love God and love people you're not really in that equation. You ever notice that? All right, well, just think about that, okay? We don't like hearing about, so everybody today wants self-affirmation. Affirm who I am. But, but Jesus has called us to deny ourselves. Why? Because he doesn't want us looking like, he, he doesn't want me looking like me as I am in my fallen human nature. You know what he wants me? He wants me to reflect his nature and his likeness. He wants to restore me to the glory that we once shared with him. The same glory that Adam shared with him in the garden. That's the whole purpose of Jesus coming not to make you just better not just to fulfill your dreams and desires no listen some of your desires they need to die but when we allow them to die the Lord will resurrect new desires he'll put his dreams and desires on the inside of you and guess what I'm a lot happier with who I am today than who I thought I wanted to be about 15 20 years ago I hope you'll discover that for yourself if you haven't already. I know many of you have. But let's, let's look at two perspectives on the star. 
You guys, I wish I had a star that I could give everybody. We gave everybody a gift on Tuesday night. That was a lot of fun. It could have been a natural phenomenon. Okay, and so you'll notice something interesting. Maybe you saw this in the news on December 21st. Did you know something awesome is getting ready to happen? For the first time in 800 years, there is actually going to be on the winter solstice another Christmas star. It's going to be a four-pointed star that appears in the sky for about five days. It's going to happen this year. What's actually, what's literally happening is Jupiter and Saturn are coming into alignment uh, and they're going to be lined up like that for a number of days and you're actually going to be able to see it. In fact, you ought to, during this time, uh, maybe we should all go on a field trip. We'll do it on a Tuesday night or something. We'll go drive out. I don't know what day the 21st even falls on, but uh, okay, well, we could go on Tuesday. So anyway, we drive and just get outside of town and let's look for the, let's look for the star. This is very rare. And what's interesting is, uh, did you know, now I'm going to ruin your nativity scene, at least one part of it. Is that okay? Did you know that the three individuals who came to visit Jesus were not kings? Did you know that? Uh, I hope that doesn't ruin your day. In fact, the Bible doesn't even say there were three. Uh, They were three gifts that were brought, and uh, that's why we kind of assume that there were three. But uh, history tells us that they were astrologers. In fact, the Bible calls them magi. Have you ever heard the word magi before? Anybody know? It's Bible quiz time. Anybody know what magi is short for? Magician. Or sorcerer. These guys were not like Christ-loving followers. I, I just want you to know. These guys were sorcerers. They were into witchcraft. In fact, you, you see the very same word used in Acts chapter 13 when it describes Elymas, the sorcerer, a guy who actually ends up getting converted and believing in, in, in the Lord. But these guys were stargazers. They were like, they were like the ones who were writing the horoscopes and, uh, and that sort of thing in that day. In fact, most people believe that they were from Persia. Now, here's what's wild about this. Now, I I think this is actually a pretty cool story. I, I don't want to destroy your opinion about the, the three kings or, uh, well, I can't listen to that song anymore, the three magi. Uh, but here's what's neat about this. Daniel, the prophet in the Old Testament, was actually in the area that these men came from. And you might remember there was a time where a king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, had a dream and he wasn't able to figure out what was going on with the dream. And do you remember? He called for all of the astrologers and all of the sorcerers and all of his magicians and all of his soothsayers and and everybody. Help me figure this thing out. And none of them were able to. There was one young Hebrew, God-loving man named Daniel. Daniel came and without him even sharing the dream, he told him not only the dream, but he also told him what the interpretation of that dream was. And it so impacted the Persian culture that these guys actually began to study and get familiar with the Hebrew scriptures. I don't know if you get excited about this, but I just think this is so cool. So... When they hear that the very prophecy that Isaiah gave about a virgin being born, the star in the east, guess what? They say, I think this is the one. 
And so they decide to go and to seek out. Now we know, according to the Luke text, they actually stop and Herod's the one who kind of points the way. Uh, uh, but it's very, uh, we'll talk about that next week. But it's wild because these guys, they end up going. In fact, history accounts, did you know that these three uh, wise men eventually become recognized as saints within the church? Uh, they became, the, the history tells us they were so impacted by their encounter with Jesus Jesus, that they were amongst the very first converts and eventually even laid down their life as martyrs for Jesus Christ. So they weren't sorcerers forever, so I don't think you know, these guys practice witchcraft. I can't have them in our nativity anymore. No, they end up getting, getting saved. They became men of God. It was awesome. And so, but, but they were known for interpreting the stars. And so I just, this is what I think is cool. Did you guys know? Even if this was a natural phenomenon, I think that it can bless us. Because did you know that everything in creation is constantly pointing towards God? Did you know that? In, in Psalm 19 it says, The heavens and the earth declare the glory of God. In Romans 1.20 it says that with or without a preacher, everybody can know God. Because God has made it plain. Through everything God has made, we can see His invisible qualities, His power and divine nature. There's no excuse for not knowing God. I'm summarizing Romans 1.20-24. Uh, Go look. Go look at fish sometime. I mean, for real. Put on a snorkel and go get in the water. And you look at the variety of fish. I mean, I really believe, uh, I believe what the psalmist said when he says, only a fool in his heart has said there is no God. I don't know how you can look at the beauty and the variety of our ocean. Or even you just go for a hike up in the mountains. If you're scared of the water... I think we've seen two shark attacks in the last two weeks. Uh, man, both on Maui, both in the area that we used to live in. We better go pray for them or something. I don't know, but um, in any event, uh, if that scares you, go for a hike instead. And you go look at the variety of plant life and all of this. God, I'm it'll preach a sermon to you if you'll let it. All of these things is just like, God, you are so awesome. God, how did you do that? How does your mind even think these things? There's sermons and all of these. In fact, in Romans 8.22, this is really neat. The Bible says that the whole creation is groaning in pain of childbirth until and it's, it's talking about until the return of Christ and until the, the sons and daughters of God are brought to full fruition. We're going to receive glorified bodies. We're really going to look like Jesus. We're going to rule and reign for a thousand years on the earth and then move into eternity. You can't tell I get excited about this. But the Bible says that until that happens, the earth is groaning. As in childbirth. Anybody ever given birth to a child? That's what the earth is doing right now. Every time we see an earthquake, every time a volcano goes off, every time, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, when we see stars that haven't been in the sky for 800 years appear, creation is preaching to us a message. And that message 
is Jesus Christ is coming soon. Yes, we believe that he is Emmanuel, God with us. The Holy Spirit is with us right now. Jesus, he's he's in our hearts, he's in our lives right now. But he's really coming back for real one day. And every time we see a star in the sky, a fish in the ocean, we feel a, a, a tremble in the earth. I'm telling you, it's the earth declaring, be ready. Jesus is coming back very soon. Wow. Now it could have been. Now this is a, the, the supernatural. That's the natural perspective. That blesses you, doesn't it? Doesn't take away from the gospel at all. Helps us love Jesus a little better. But it could have been a supernatural event. And if you want to know a secret, this is my preference personally. But I think they're both cool. Stars especially in the King James, were actually used very often interchangeably with angels. Did you know that? Uh, Even in the New Testament, in Revelation 12, it talks about how a third of the angels came down uh, with the fall of Satan. And it actually says that there was a dragon, right? And his tail swept out a third of the stars, drew a third of the stars from heaven. Those stars were angels. Now, fallen angels... But there's an interesting thing, the Shekinah glory in the Old Testament. This is what happened in Israel. It's the same thing that happened with Moses uh, at the burning bush. The Lord appeared and the Lord led and the Lord spoke. At different times, his glory would come into a situation. This is the same. In fact, they're all throughout. Now, this is really cool. There's a, the Bible says the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses. Have you ever heard that phrase before? The angel of the Lord. If you look at it, you can see it with Moses. You can see it with Abraham. Uh, you can see it one time with Jacob. You can see it. There's actually about 25 references in the Old Testament to this individual called the angel of the Lord. Capital A. And what's very interesting about this is uh, um, it appeared to... Abraham, in fact, you'll, you'll see when he was getting ready to sacrifice Isaac on the altar, it says the capital A angel appears to, to Abraham and stops him. And this is where he says, uh, I will provide for you a ram. This is why they named the mountain Moriah. It means Jehovah will provide. And that's actually why we named our daughter Moriah as a reminder that God will always provide for us. And she doesn't like being reminded of, you named me after a mountain, really? That's right, we did. Because it's powerful. But the angel of the Lord appears. The angel of the Lord is the same one who appeared to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. It's the same angel of the Lord. Um, that prophesied to Abraham about his descendants. We see the angel of the Lord in Bethel when he appeared to Jacob uh, as, as he showed him that. Remember the, the, what they call Jacob's ladder, the angels ascending and descending? It's the same angel of the Lord that stood in the path of Balaam and stopped the prophet and his donkey. And they had the, oh, the whole argument, right? That's a great story. The same angel that spoke to Gideon about being a mighty warrior for the Lord. It was the same angel of the Lord that strengthened Elijah when he was fleeing from Jezebel. And as I said, there's about 20 other references just in the Old Testament. But what's interesting is the angel of the Lord is never mentioned again after Jesus is born. Who is this angel? I believe this is what in theology terms we would call a Christophany. 
Everybody say Christophany. Uh, Christ obviously is, is what we would, would write Christ. Ophany is a physical manifestation. And you put these two together, they believe that these number of times where the angel of the Lord came in some human form on the earth was a physical manifestation of Jesus Christ, even in the Old Testament. Wow, this is wild, okay? Because I want you to think about this. It was the Shekinah glory. Jesus, think about this. An angel of the Lord appears at the burning bush. And then he says, this is why we think it's God. There were a number of times where it says, the angel of the Lord appears, and then he says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, an angel, if it's just an angel, would not say, I am God. Right? But... The same, and we just finished our series, I Am. This angel of the Lord appears and says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then he goes on to say, tell them, I am sent you. And then you know, we looked at all the times where Jesus in the New Testament claimed to be the very same, I am Oh my goodness. I don't know if you guys get excited about this, but here's what I want you to think about. Jesus is no longer the glory that would lead the children of Israel around in the desert. He, he wasn't the, he, he's no longer the angel of the Lord that, that appeared at a bush and spoke to Moses. That, that Shekinah glory. Now this is what's incredible. It, the Bible says in 2 Peter 1.19 that light shines in darkness until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Revelation 22.16 calls Jesus the bright and morning star. Here's what I believe happened. That same Shekinah glory that appeared in the wilderness, that appeared before Moses, that appeared on Mount Moriah, all of these occasions, that very same glory led them to the very place where Jesus was to be born. It came and it rested upon the manger and it said, this is the bright and morning star. This is the star of glory that is now rising in your hearts. This is the I am that you have been waiting for. God with us, Emmanuel. Oh my goodness, I get, I just beside myself excited at this. I hope you think about that when you think about the star. Consider the fact that Everything in creation is pointing to Jesus. Consider the supernatural aspect of things. Consider that every angel, and the angel, capital A, of the Lord, all of this was pointing towards Jesus. All of it was pointing towards Jesus. And our lives should as well. Now, oh my goodness, I don't have much time. Let me just read to you the, the, the rest of this account. I got through two verses of what I wanted to cover. Praise God. Look at verse 3 here. When Herod, Matthew 2, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. All Jerusalem with him. He gathered the chief priests, the scribes of the people together. He inquired of them, where is the Christ to be born? So they said, they knew the prophecies, in Bethlehem of Judea. 
For thus it is written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. Again, there's an evidence for that natural star. He sent them to Jerusalem and said, go search carefully for the young child. When you found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. He's lying. We know that. When he came, when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them. Now the star is moving. Till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. When they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary the mother. They fell down and worshipped him. They brought and they opened their treasures. They presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream they should not return to Herod, they departed from their own country, uh, for their own country, another way. We know Mary and Joseph, they end up, uh, they end up going to Egypt. And uh, one, one cool thing that I got to experience is I actually got to go to the church and the house where Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus took refuge during this time where they fled. Uh, I mean, it's, that's wild to go. I, I, I can't wait. One of these days, we're going to go to Israel. I wanted to go this year. Um, but look at what happened this year. Nobody went to Israel this year, praise God. But we're going to go one day, and uh, you know we ought, to, we ought to just take over. Our senior pastor, Dr. Morocco, leads a trip to Israel every year. And, uh, and we could go. In fact, we could all take over that trip if you want to. And uh, so we'll plan a date. We'll all go together. But, um, but I did. In Egypt, I got to see that very place where, where Jesus and Mary and Joseph. And it's, it's wild to be in a place where, like, Jesus was right here. Like, it makes you just want to touch everything. I don't know. Like maybe the anointing will rub off on you or something. Uh, uh, I don't know if you're like that, but let me just, let me close with one thought here. We do something special in our church. And it's a tradition that actually started with our senior pastor. You'll notice when the, when the magi, the wise men, these soon to be apostles and martyrs for Jesus, when they came to the Lord, the Bible says they brought gifts to him. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I know this is a time of year where we exchange gifts. And I love giving gifts. I love receiving gifts. I love that. We, in fact, we've got tons of presents under our tree already. People come into our house and they ask my wife, are these fake? Like they can't believe that we've had presents under our tree for a month. We set up our tree in like October. I don't know. No, it's November. Okay. A uh, little before Thanksgiving. But one of the things that we do is um, we take an offering envelope and we're going to make these available to everybody. This says, Happy Birthday, Jesus. And what my family and I, normally we try and do this the first week in December, um, but we're going to start it today in our family. We take this and we put this on the Christmas tree. And what we do is over the next couple weeks, we're going to take, and as the Lord provides, we're going to put money in here. We're going to add to this, 
as a constant reminder, as we look at that tree, as we look at the gifts, as we look at the star, this is all about Jesus. This is all pointing back to Jesus. And what we're going to do is we're going to add to this. And before my kids are allowed to open any presents on Christmas Eve, we're going to take what we've built up here, what we've collected, and we're going to bring it to the Lord as an offering to him. We're going to give him the first gift before we get any gifts for ourselves. Because it's Jesus first. What I want to do is I think our ushers have these available. I'd like everybody to take one, in fact. Uh, um, if we can do this, uh, they're going to begin to come around right now. And everybody's going to have an envelope. We're not receiving an offering today. What we're going to do is uh, we have a Christmas Eve service we're going to have on Christmas Eve at 6 o'clock. It's going to be a great time. We're going to sing songs and worship the Lord. And we're going to receive this offering on that night. Uh, we'll share in communion together, and we'll have family blessings. It's a really neat time. Uh, we'll actually come together, and uh, we'll actually take time to prophesy over our family units and bless them for the coming year. So we're going to do that on Christmas Eve, and we'll receive this gift. Now, some of you may not um, be able to make it on Christmas Eve, and that's fine. You just give it, you know, at the... the the next opportunity before or after uh, that you'd like to bring that gift to the Lord because we're going to remember. Amen. We're going to remember what Jesus has done for each and every Amen. one of us. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, could I get Miss Kylie, would you, where are you? Would you join me on the piano? We're going to close. I still wish that you would stay with us. I've enjoyed having her here for worship these last these last months. Would you stand to your feet in this place all across this room? We're going to close in a word of prayer. I want to take a moment to pray for each and every one of us before we, before we end our time together here today. I can't imagine how excited. Could you imagine being one of those wise men? You spent your entire life pursuing something that is false, stargazing, living your life that way, but you know there's prophecy out there about something powerful that's getting ready to happen. And all of a sudden, the stars begin to speak about the Savior. You go and you pursue that and you lay eyes. And I don't know, I can't even imagine what it would have been like. Unseen angels all around, shepherds and people that were gathering. I mean, it's gathering to worship. They had been prepared, knowing in Scripture, not even knowing God, that Jesus was coming. And it so impacted them. Years later, they lay down their life for that child they saw in a manger. Church, I want to remind each and every one of you here today. We have Jesus. As Peter said, we have the, 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 the star that is risen and is shining upon our hearts. We have him in our hearts. We have him in our lives. But one day, Jesus Christ is going to return. 
the Bible says he's going to split the sky and with a blast of a trumpet with the shout of an archangel he will come the Bible says that those of us who have been born again and we still remain on the earth we will be transformed in the twinkling of an eye the Bible says that those who are dead in Christ will be raised I mean I just imagine you look down and all of a sudden I'm glowing you're glowing you look around some people will not be you look out to the east and you see bodies popping up out the ground you see angels coming down and capturing rapturing people as they catch them up to meet the Lord in the sky the Bible says it's one of the most dramatic scenes that I can imagine and I've always had this thought what would it feel like if you were here and you watch your wife glorified in the twinkling of an eye. You watch your neighbor glorified in the twinkling of an eye. You see bodies coming out of the ground and angels coming down and capturing people into heaven. And you're not. There's no angel coming for you. Your body's not been transformed. And you realize in that moment, you missed you miss the most important event in the history of humankind. Some of you may say, Pastor, you're just trying to scare me. You're trying to pull at my emotions. Yeah, I, I really am. I'm excited about Judgment Day. But the Bible says that there should be those who live with a fearful expectation of the judgment of God. It's in Hebrews. Either you're excited for that day or you should live in fear of that day. And it's my desire that each and every person within the sound of my voice, whether you're listening online, whether you're, you're here today in person, it's my desire that nobody would experience the judgment of God. It's my desire that on that day we hear the trumpet blast and the shout of the archangel. We get excited. I'm going to run outside to meet Jesus. With every head bowed, everyone praying right now. Some of you here today, you say, Pastor, I need, I need Jesus to forgive me. I need to know that he came to this earth, lived a sinless life, and when he died, I need to know he did that for me. I need to receive the benefits. I need to receive the cleansing and the washing and the forgiveness of all of my sin. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I, I, I'm concerned. I'm not asking if you've ever prayed a prayer or if you've ever been dunked in water. I'm not asking. What I want to know is today, are you confident that if Jesus were to return, you're going with him? Are you sure of that? If you're not sure, I want to include you in my prayer. With every head bowed, nobody's looking around. You say, Pastor, I want you to include me in your prayer. I'm not confident, but before I leave today, I want to be sure that I'm right with God. I want to be sure that when Jesus comes back, he's coming for me. If that be you, nobody's looking around. This is between me, you, and the Lord. I want to know who I'm praying for. Would you lift up your hand so I know who I'm praying for? 
Yeah, I see you. I see you. Other others, you say, include me in your prayer, pastor. Say, I need to, I want to be sure that I'm forgiven. I want to be sure I've been cleansed. Hallelujah. Yeah, I see you back there. Are there others? Hallelujah. I want us all to pray together right now. Come on, lift your hands just as a sign of surrender. And would you pray this with me right now? Pray, dear Jesus. Everybody out loud, dear Jesus. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me. I have sinned. Wash me, Jesus. Cleanse me by your blood. Make me brand new. Forgive me of my sin. I ask you, be my Savior. Be the Lord of my life. Be my very best friend. I believe you came to this earth. You died for my sin. You rose from the dead. And you're coming back soon. I thank you. I'm going to be ready. Because you have done a work in me. Help me to live a life that makes sense in the light of eternity. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And use me for your glory and for your namesake. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for receiving me into your kingdom. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.